A win for the Jets, a loss for the Giants, and all of a sudden Pat Shermer's seat gets a little bit warmer. I loved watching the Jets get a victory against the Giants Sunday, but both New York teams still have a ton of issues, and we're talking about it all on the Brandon Contest Jets podcast right now. Contest, I am a contest. You better like me. I'm from Patchogue. All righty, nice job with the free music YouTube. You're listening to the Brandon Contest Jets podcast on SB Nation, episode 17. And my first ever sports podcast where we keep it simple, we keep it short, never more than 20 minutes. If I have more to say, I just put it in another podcast. But for now, the Jets looked better. Sam Darnold looked better. The defense looked better. The coaching was better. The offensive line was better. The cornerbacks were worse. The team was competent at times. But my goodness, the game that Jamal Adams had, just absolutely amazing. The the, the game the Jets' defense had in getting to to the quarterback, six sacks. How about that? Six sacks, two of them from Jamal Adams, who we'll get to in a second because of his phenomenal game. But six sacks, it had to have been an impactful day from the Jets' defensive line. It had to have been an impactful day from Quinnen Williams. Quinnen Williams, the number three overall draft pick, the guy that was compared to Reggie White by some during training camp. Quinton Williams, who was supposed to finally give the Jets a legitimate pass rusher, and you look down the stat line, you're looking all over for Quinton Williams. You check the box score for Quinton Williams, and you can't find him. Maybe he didn't play. Maybe he was hurt. No, he played all right. He just didn't join the sack party. He didn't even get a tackle. He didn't even get half a tackle. And already, the excuses are starting for him. Just like with Leonard Williams, Quinton was in the backfield late in this game, yes, but I need more. When I see Josh Allen already with seven sacks for the Jaguars, I need more than Quinton Williams getting close to the quarterback. I need more than him getting close to recovering a fumble. I need to see the production actually happen. And mark it down, Quinton Williams, he's going to fall into the long list of these middle linemen, these defensive tackles that the Jets draft that are supposed to be pass rushers that can't get to the quarterback consistently. Quinton Williams, Leonard Williams, Bo Wilkerson, Sheldon Richardson, Dwayne Robertson, they, they've all been busts with the Jets, and I, I don't want to see the Jets draft anything other than a defensive end or an offensive lineman in the first round for the next five years. Because that's what the Jets need. They need to protect their quarterback, and they need to get to and disrupt the opposing quarterback. And how about the uh, the, the Griffin-Herndon experiment, which we talked a, a little bit about last week, and how unproductive that was, to say the least. And I was interested to see them both on the field at the same time together, two athletic tight ends, but combined for two catches, five yards, wasn't exactly an experiment that looked like it, it worked great. And then we find out today, though, Monday, that Chris Herndon is uh, injured again, now with a broken rib out for the next few weeks, and he'll, odds are he'll probably be out for the entire season because that, that was that was something that caused him to fall in the draft a couple of years ago coming out of Miami, that, that he had those injury issues, and it's uh, certainly proved to be true since he's been here in his two years with the Jets, and, and especially this year where he's barely been able to get on the field. Uh, Demarius Thomas had a throwback type of game for the Jets, and that was while coming in with a hamstring injury and getting banged up during the game, leaving, coming back in to make a couple more catches, but it was nice to see Darnold spread the ball around a bit and and not just uh, lock in on Jameson Crowder. I don't know what to make of Daniel Jones when I was watching this game for the Giants. The, the Jets' cornerbacks were so bad. He looked like a veteran quarterback just teasing the Jets' secondary at times in this game. But over 300 yards, four touchdowns. As bad as the Jets' secondary has been, Giants fans still got to be excited about Daniel Jones right now. But the, the, the fumbles absolutely need to be addressed. The fumbles, fumbles are what will make me say, I thought that Sam, as, as good as the numbers were for Daniel Jones, I came away from that game after watching the game thinking that Sam actually played better than Jones did. And did Darnold look great? He didn't look great, but it was obviously an incredible improvement on his recent games. And 
he again got off to a great start. He showed his talent early, showed his potential, looked like a top draft pick and a franchise quarterback in the first quarter, the beginning of the first quarter. And then again, this offense just slows right down and they look uninspired. They look uncreative after going up 14-0, which I put that on the coach more than I put on the quarterback. But was I was I crazy in watching this game and feeling like Sam Darnold played better than Daniel Jones? The box score tells a different story, the four touchdowns to one. But Sam played great under pressure. He made some big throws on third down, hitting Demarius Thomas. That one play when he was about to get sacked and he was able to, falling forward, hit Robbie Anderson for about a 12-yard gain and a first down pickup, which was the type of play that the last three weeks Sam throws a, an interception on that, but he did not. He gets the first down. Uh, getting the big run on third and seven, the Jets' largest run of the day came from Sam Darnold. Even when the, actually I think that was the largest run of the year came from Sam Darnold, which when, you, when you're paying Le'Veon Bell the money you are is amazing. Uh, but even when the offense was not creative, when the offense was struggling in the second half, Sam looked calm. He, he never turned the ball over like Daniel Jones did. But again, the consistent lack of creativity from Adam Gase is, is frustrating. And we got the one flea flicker, which could have been converted for a big play. Uh, but for the most part, Gase continues to lack creativity. And Lack the ability to get Le'Veon Bell involved in the running game, but especially lacks the ability to get Le'Veon Bell involved in the passing game. How about designing some extra pass plays for Bell? For him, rather than just using him as a, he gets used as a bailout on screen plays so often, why not actually design some pass plays for Le'Veon Bell to get him involved in the offense? But now, three straight games with an opening drive touchdown, and it makes you think that the scripted part of the game works perfect from Adam Gase. But where are the adjustments? Why does it stop there? Why does it stop in the first drive or the first two drives? Why are opposing defenses able to make adjustments and Gase just throws in the towel on the chess match? Great coaches make adjustments. I'd rather have a team, I'd rather have a coach that gets off to a slow start, assesses the opposing game plan, and then adjusts and figures out how to attack. But the Jets, they come out, they come out to a, get to a good start. The opposing defense adjusts on them, and then the Jets get stagnant. And it's it's frustrating to watch, and it, it makes you question the coaching ability from Adam Gase. Was it a step in the right direction for Adam Gase, for the Jets, for Sam Darnold? Yes, it absolutely was a step in the right direction. But that's because what they were, what they were coming off of the last three weeks, what they were coming off of this entire season at 1-7, and seven, and as bad as Darnold looked the three weeks prior, it was hard not to take a step in the right direction at some point this season. But they have a lot more to prove. By no means did it wipe away the 1-7 start, and did it wipe away those three prior weeks of inept quarterback play. There's still a lot of questions to be answered about whether or not this is the right head coach going forward and whether or not this is the right quarterback going forward. Let's take a quick break here on the Brandon Cottage Jets podcast. We're back after this. It was it was almost kind of cute the way Sam Darnold after the games it was just talking about the way the Jets could still make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, well, we need every win from now on, uh, you know, because we still got a chance. I mean, you know, if we got on a roll here and we, we went out, uh, we got a chance at the playoffs. So guys, guys in this locker room know this. Um, they know that, and you know we're just we're really excited to you know continue to get back to work. I want a confident quarterback, but I also want a quarterback that has some sense of self awareness, that has some some understanding of the the reality of the situation and the reality of of how what uh, level of talent this team has. And after a few weeks ago, when Sam was talking about the fact that he, he thought the sky was the limit for the offense and seeing how far they could go, how, how good they could be, and then they have what we hope will be the worst three weeks of Sam Darnold's career as a New York Jet. But 
he was fired up after the game. My expectation level is just to build off of this game and hope that he can keep his starting job for the rest of the year and look like a competent quarterback for the rest of the season. But he did. He had a very good game against the Giants. I think a better game than the stats said. But this was the Jamal Adams game. There's no doubt about it. This was a statement game from Jamal Adams. And the difference between great players and all-time Hall of Fame players is the ability to impact a game by yourself. The ability to take over the game and carry your team to victory. Will your team to win? And it's not easy. It's not common. It's especially not common for a safety. Safeties don't often take over games. But that's what Jamal Adams did Sunday against the Giants. And I think for a lot of Jet fans, myself included, we've been waiting to see a game like that from Jamal. Because he certainly ha- he talks a big game. And we see he has the ability. We see that we see him have good games, but we've never seen his impact take over a game like it did on Sunday against the Giants. And I, I questioned him for comparing himself to Aaron Donald and Tom Brady, which the Tom Brady thing is still a, a little bit uh, comical. But he did. He had that type of impact on Sunday. He carried the Jet team to a victory. And we questioned his handling of not wanting to to speak with Joe Douglas and speak with Adam Gaze, but he finally lived up to the hype. Two sacks, two fumble recoveries, one touchdown. We saw that game. We watched Jamal take over the game and play like an all-time great, play like a Hall of Famer, play like the Hall of Famer he expects to be, and he says that he is. And that was it was fun to watch. His strip of Daniel Jones at the start of the second half was it was insane. And I know everybody talks about Daniel Jones having small hands, but my goodness, for Jamal's Jamal's ability to just go in there and grab the ball as if Jones was handing it to him, grabbing it as if Jones was a little kid, was a thing of beauty. And the timing of it, setting the tone of the half after giving up 13 straight points to end the first half to the Giants, to start the second half by manhandling their offense, taking the ball and scoring a touchdown, it was a great tone setter. And then, of course, we can't lose sight of what he did to Saquon Barkley. And Barkley was a decent blocker last year, but he's been awful in the last few weeks. And he just, he got completely mowed over by Adams. He would have looked better if he just turned and ran the opposite way as if he did miss the assignment and miss the play call because that was, it was embarrassing by Saquon to just get pushed aside like that. And say what you want about him, whether or not he's healthy. He's been a below average running back for four straight weeks now. One yard? One yard on the ground against the Jets' defense? How is that possible? When Daniel Jones played as well as he did, I I would be livid if I'm a Giants fan, the fact that Daniel Jones is throwing the ball all over the place, 300 yards, four touchdowns, and my star running back, the guy that's supposed to be a Hall of Famer at the end of his career, the number two overall draft pick that looked like a stud last year, has one yard against the New York Jets. It's embarrassing. And same with Le'Veon Bell. To a lesser extent, I I know the knee, I know the ankle for Bell, the ribs at the end of this game, which was a bit of an issue for Bell, which, by the way, since this is the second time we're mentioning ribs on this podcast, I slow-smoked some ribs on Saturday. Fantastic. But the injuries, the bad offensive line, the bad coaching, at some point, the excuses for Bell need to stop. If you're on the field, you need to produce a little bit. I'm not saying week in, week out, you need to give 150 total yards, you need to give 120 yards on the ground, 40 yards through the air or anything like that, but, but can we at least get one game One game where he rushes for 100 yards, it can't be all on the offensive line. It can't be all beyond the coaching. It can't all be injury-related for Bell. He's supposed to be a great back, not a solid one. He's supposed to be a great back. He's supposed to be an an all-pro, and we're not seeing anything close to that type of production. And it's great that he says all the right things, and he looks like he's a good presence in the locker room, but we need to see at least 75% 
of the running back that the Jets thought they signed, that the Jets are paying for from Bell, and we're not even getting close to that type of production. Going into the season, I would I would have looked at Bell and Barkley, and I would have said two top five running backs, and they're they're both in New York, and neither of them though look close to that right now. And I also I don't know that it's coincidental that they're both struggling with young quarterbacks. Barkley's production has significantly dropped off. Since the ankle injury, yes, but it's also significantly dropped off, and it's coincided with the fact that he's playing with Daniel Jones instead of Eli Manning. I don't, I don't think that could just be completely forgotten. And it's same with Le'Veon Bell's used to playing with Ben Roethlisberger. So I don't think it's crazy to assume that both Barkley and Bell were consistently put in better positions to succeed with veteran Hall of Fame type quarterbacks under center. And now that they're playing with rookie quarterbacks, they're struggling a little bit more. Do the injuries play a factor? Sure. But but if they're that banged up, then they shouldn't be that that on the field. But I think the fact that they're playing with rookie quarterbacks, I think the fact that they're playing with inept coaches, coaches that both lack creativity, I think that's a big reason for it. I think they both play behind bad offensive lines. But you know what? You're top five running backs. You're, you're supposed to be Hall of Fame type running backs. You're all pro type running backs. Go out and make some sort of plays. Bring some sort of production to this team. And, and, and neither of them... Are doing that. So now for the Jets, it's on to the Washington Redskins next week. And again, this looks like a cupcake game. Looks like a cupcake schedule at times for the Jets with the, the Redskins, the Bengals, the Dolphins rematch on tap. But like I said last week, the Jets cannot look at any game, any team anymore, and say this is an easy game. This is a chance for Donald to look right. Because these teams all look at the Jets and say that this is a chance for us to look right. This is a chance for us to to get a win. And while for the Jets, they were able to look at the Giants and say we could get a win, and they did get a win against the Giants, you, you can't overlook any team. And I would not be shocked if the Jets go out and lay an egg against the Washington Redskins. You hope it doesn't happen. Show me something now by going on the road, being the better team, because they are the better team than the Washington Redskins. There's no question about it. They have better talent. Go on the road and be the better team and beat the Washington Redskins. Speaking of the, the Redskins, how about Mike Tomlin? Because there were rumors earlier in the year that Tomlin might be on his way out of Pittsburgh. They, they lose Bell. They lose Brown. They lose Roethlisberger to injury. This is going to be a down year for the Steelers. And then he's got Mason Rudolph come in. And now here they are, more than halfway through the season. They're over 500. they They're 5-4 on the year. And looking like, you know what, maybe you have a young quarterback. Maybe you have a guy that you can build around. Maybe this is going to be the second wave of the great Steelers' defense as well, trading for Minka Fitzpatrick, which a lot of people question, myself included, dealing a first-round pick for him when when this team looked like they were going to be a dead team this year. But here they are. They're, they're now battling for a playoff spot with a young team, a team that could build it and get better going forward. Why would Tomlin ever want to leave the situation he has in Pittsburgh to go to Washington and play for and coach for Daniel Snyder. It makes makes zero sense. And I don't care how much money Snyder's willing to give Tomlin. I don't care how much he's willing to trade to the Steelers to get Tomlin. Tomlin would he's he's too smart for that. He would never go to Washington to try to to work with that ownership to try to build that team when he has the situation he has in Pittsburgh. And why would Pittsburgh ever want to let Tomlin go now? Because here he is, a top flight head coach, which is not easy to find in this league, but here he is now rebuilding the Pittsburgh Steelers, replenishing the Pittsburgh Steelers, and has them looking like, you know what, they're going to continue to be a top flight organization, even without Le'Veon Bell, without Antonio Brown, without Ben Roethlisberger, and a lot of that has to do with who's running the organization, a lot of that has to do with who your head coach is, and it's Mike Tomlin, and I can't imagine him going to, to Daniel Snyder and the Washington Redskins, but for the Jets, it's on to the Redskins, I'm away for a few days later this week, so not sure if I'm going to get another pot up before the Redskins game, I will try to, but if I don't, we might not chat again until after the game, but stay tuned for more episodes as the Jets continue their playoff climb. Thanks for listening to the Brandon Goddess Jets podcast, and as always, big up.